Hello and welcome to the Magic Ball from Burkham podcast. I am your host, Sam. I'm known as at official Sam on Twitter. And welcome to episode 18. This podcast is available on Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. In this podcast, I'll be reviewing our disastrous Europa League exit against Villarreal and I'll preview a game against West Brom. And I'll be doing this with a very special guest. My special guest today is David Carrick. Hello, David. How are you? Hi, Sam. How are you doing? I'm very, very good. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm very, very happy and delighted to have you on the, on the, on the podcast today. No problem. No problem. So, David, let's get cracking. What was your thoughts on the game against Villarreal? Um, where to start? It was a, uh, a disaster, wasn't it? Um, I think, as Paul Merson said, the last, the last 20 minutes really sort of summed up our season in the sense of there's no urgency, um, no want from the players, there was no tactics from Arteta. Um, I mean, why bring William on in the last 12 minutes when, when you need a goal? I, I don't understand it, whether it's a contract uh, cause in his, um, in his agreement or if it's just Arteta being Arteta. I, I don't know anymore at this club what, what's going on. Um, there's so many things. <laughs> there's so many things. I don't know where to start. Um, but I mean... <laughs> The last 20 minutes summed up from Merson when he said, um, if you tuned in in the last 10 minutes, it, it, you would have thought that we were 5-0 we up and through to the final. Um, a, a disaster from, from start to finish. Um, and I, I don't know where the club goes from here. For me, it's for me it's Arteta out um, and we rebuild in the summer. But unfortunately, unless we get full backing from the board, um, we'll be in a, a constant sort of cycle of, of mediocrity. Um, so I, I don't personally don't know where to start, um, but change is needed, and I think that starts from the top down. Fantastic, one hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, you know, with the board, see, with these, with the Cronkies, they're very invested more into the their LA Rams and their Denver Nuggets than they are at Arsenal. And for me, mm. what I feel is that our money that we make goes towards them. But now that we're unprofitable, by when we're not in the Champions League anymore, when we're Dave, we're looking at our first time in 25 years not being in Europe. And that says a lot. For a club that needs to have ambition and ambitious owners, not being in Europe in 25 years, that is astounding, don't you think? It is. It is. Um, I mean, one of the questions I I received prior to doing this podcast was, um, what do you think the minimum club expectations are for next season? Um, and obviously it goes without saying, but a club of this stature, um, it, it should always aspire for at least top four. Um, and, and that's obviously credit to where, to where Wenger's reign, where he uh, made that the club standard uh, for obviously for 18 plus years. Um, but there is no there is no excuse for next reason as to why we, we, we shouldn't get top six at least. Um, but to achieve that, we need um, investment in the summer. We still need to get rid of uh, a bit of deadwood, in my opinion, um, and we need full backing from from Kroenke. Um, the, the the protests has, has relayed the importance of this, um, but unfortunately, if, if it's not changed in the next three to four months, from both a, a board point of view, whether that's uh, personnel or whether that's via their strategy, 
um, and also change via the management. I, I don't know how, where we're going to go from here. Um, uh, as previously mentioned, uh, if there's no adjustments now, we will be a mid a mid table club moving forward because the competition is only going to get get better. And we've seen that with the likes of, you know, the West Ham, Aston Villa's, um, and even Brighton. We've improved conversion. <laughs> I'm guessing they'll be top ten next season. Um, so yeah. It all starts from the top down, but there needs to be changes. Very, very true. The thoughts about what are your thoughts about going into this game against West Brom? Because now it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything now. Even if we beat them six, seven nil, I won't feel the same as as anything. If maybe we're fighting for top four and we were to win seven nil against West Brom today, then it'd have a meaning. But today is a day that if we win, we could potentially relegate West Brom. But even then, it has no meaning for us. What do you think? What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Sam. It, it doesn't mean anything, to be honest. It's It might be the difference between 10 and 9th. Um, and I guess from a, a financial point of view, league finishes do matter, even if it is the the, the slight difference between you know one place. Uh, it means more revenue from the club uh, and from the Premier League in terms of you know where you finish in the league. Um, I guess a win's a win, you know. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I tweeted, you know, earlier and said, Let's play the kids. It, you know, it's West Brom. Um, I know Arsenal are in no position to talk, um, but even with our, even with the prospects playing, we should be putting two or three past them. Um, West Brom are known, especially in the last five to six games, being really resilient in the first half an hour. You know, they, they put up a fight, um, especially Maitland Niles in the middle of the park. Uh, they've got a decent defence on their day, but they're not consistent. Uh, and that season has you know, shown that. Um, so I think. Play, play the youth, um, and that obviously consists of a Martinelli, a left wing, um, Balogun, striker, um, and potentially Nelson on the right. And then I'd like to see uh, Aziz feature as well in the middle of the park. <clears throat> um, because, as you said there, there's nothing to lose. You know, even with the, the, that, that talent on the pitch, we should be winning. Um, and I, I think with these players, that they play with no fear. So why not give them some minutes? Um, why not let them prove themselves? Um, but I think we all know what's going to happen. It's going to be uh, Willian on the right, uh, Sabios centre mid, <laughs> and uh, I'm guessing it's probably be a Louise at the back, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But his first game back from injury might mean a um, a prone West Ham goal. So yeah, I, I would say play the kids. Um, but like, as you said, there it really doesn't mean anything long term and. I think we just need to be looking to summer now to, to, to make changes. Fantastic. Speaking of a takeover, what are your thoughts on the potential Spotify on Daniel Ek uh, buying out the club? And knowing that he's got Henri, I believe, Vieira, Perez, uh, Burkham and Wenger. I, I believe those guys. I'm not, I'm not too sure who, who I read, yeah. but I believe it's those guys and even Wenger on board with this takeover. What do you think of it? Well, um, admittedly, I don't know much about uh, Daniel Elk's intentions. I don't know what his strategy is going to be. Um, I don't know what actual change he would make. Um, but it does sound, from what we've heard via social media and via uh, media publications, that he has good intentions. Um, and that whether that's via the emotional attachment of being a fan or whether that's the voluntarily announcement on Twitter where he said he's interested in uh, taking over. Um <laughs> I mean, that alone 
is uh, sounds already five to six times, you know, better than our current owners in, in, in Kronke. Um, and if he's going to invest where needed, uh, you know, across a transfer budget and put a really effective sort of strategy in place, it can only be a good thing. Um, so, I mean, at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, and it sounds like, you know, Elk's in a position where he can really positively impact the club. Um, and, and I guess, as we touched on earlier, we need to make changes now. Um, and it's worth the risk. Um, we, we need someone like Ilt to, to, to come in and invest heavily. Um, because, as, as we've already mentioned, time's going on now. We're, we're, we're falling into mid-table. Uh, and that's not acceptable for, for a club like Arsenal. So um, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, but I would like to get some kind of news or some kind of um, information about what his plans are and I guess as fans we probably won't ever know um you obviously been confidential things so uh, I guess it's, it's a good thing um and any positive change is, is is something to move forward with fantastic fantastic and um going forward as you previously stated are you Arteta in and Arteta out pretty much you are but I'm guessing <laughs> assuming Arteta out which is pretty much the same as me, but um, I asked you one thing, David. Say end of the season, right? Arsenal look at the results, right? Daniel Ek comes and takes over. He looks at Mikel Arteta, turns around and says to him, "Sorry, I'm gonna have to get rid of you." And they say to you, they they, they point you out of everybody, right? And say to you, Daniel, not Daniel, Daniel points you. Daniel points you out. Says David, I want you to find me someone that can replace Mikel Arteta, but it's got to be someone that's available on the market right now. Who would you pick and why? Mm, that's a tough question. Um, a really tough question because things could change between now and four months, uh, three or four months' time. Um, I guess we're looking at current options. We, we, we've got Allegri who's available. Um, he, I think Allegri is known to be very stubborn, though, in his man management. Um, and I think more recently, in modern times, he's been fortunate with with a very good squad at Juventus. Um, so it's always hard to judge a manager, you know, when they're based off a really very successful uh, club from from the players. Um, I know we were linked with Allegri before, um, whether that was just rumours or whether there was, uh, you know, confirmed uh, rumours for them. I think now we've we've chosen Arteta based off um, his management under Pep. We also chose him based off his potential. And we also chose him based off uh, a supposed project that he's got in place. He has not got any management managing a football team. That That's the facts. Um, and I guess as an assistant manager, there's only so much you can learn. Implementing that at a club is completely different. Man managing players one to one and setting a plan for each member of the twenty six or twenty four man, man squad is completely different than standing alongside a, a world class manager and, and trying to learn off him. Um, and that season's proven proven, proven that it's um, it, it's been unacceptable. It hasn't worked. It, it's project failed. Um, and I, I tweeted a few days ago, even with a, uh, another full summer behind Arteta, <clears throat> the confidence in him wouldn't be there. Um, and that includes, this is obviously currently, that includes with a, a full transfer budget behind him. Um, and, and, and I say that because the, the basics in tactics 
um, the absolute basics, the timing of the subs, um, the lineups, they're consistently, uh, consistently wrong. Um, and we, we as fans, we sit there before games and we suggest, hang on, why is he making this move? Why is he bringing on this player here? And we often get criticised as fans for not knowing as much as, as, as the football manager. But this season's proved that most of the points that we've made as fans has been correct. Um, and it's proven that Arteta does get things wrong. And that's the absolute basics. Um, so I guess going back to your original question, anyone who's qualified and has proven experience in, in improving teams at the top level, whether that's in the top five leagues, I think would be a good addition. Um, and anyone who's shown uh, tactical adaptability with youth players, for example, the SARs, the, the Martinelli's, the Sackers, who can have a positive impact on this club and knows the absolute basics would be an improvement on Arteta. And that's speaking now um, in, in May 2021. So I, I guess a leg we would be a good addition. Um, I, I hear some names about Graham Potter from Brighton. Um, he's, he's shown potential. Um, whether he can make the step up to a, to, to a big club like ours, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but again, we, we, we will not know as fans in, until the, the rumours come out after Arteta gets sacked, if he does get sacked. So um, I guess anyone who's, who's qualified enough and anyone who's, who's a decent name and who's proven themselves across, across European football. Sounds good to me. Fantastic. I 100% agree with that. I'd even say, you know what, Max Allegri is someone who I'd say we might want to get on, but at the same time, apparently he needs a massive wage, uh, I mean, not wage, a massive transfer budget so he can build, but then at the same time, if we have owners like Daniel Ek and uh, all these guys, maybe we can get that type of ownership, like give him that budget and he can do what he wants to do and maybe who knows what he can do. But um, moving on to questions. We're moving on to the last section of the show, which is the uh, questions bit. Okay. You 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 um you gave me a question for me to answer, but I'll relay this back on you as well. You answered okay. Leno, Chambers, Willock, Nelson, and Nketiah. Sell, loan, or keep in the summer. If loan, to who? If sell, for how much? I'll be honest with you. Even though Leno's let me down a few times, I feel like it's because he's been overplayed. Mm. Keep him because I feel like Arteta's overplayed him in so many different games. Chambers, I'd keep very. Top class. And Ketia, I'd I'd sell. I'd I'd, I'd sell in Ketia because I'll be honest with you, he's not he's not up to Arsenal standard. Mm. Um Joe Willock, I would definitely keep. He's much better than a lot of midfielders we've got. Reese Nelson, I would I would loan him. And I'd loan yeah, him to I, agree with that. I would loan him to back to a Bundesliga club or a club abroad. I wouldn't want to loan him to a rival club, I'd loan him to a Bundesliga club or a club abroad because I feel like when he was at when he was at Hoffenheim working under uh, Julian Nagelsmann, he he was he was doing fantastic. Him and Jaden Sancho were competing on on who can become the who who was the who could become the best. And then mm. you were doing really like like Nelson was doing really well. I was like, yo, we can maybe get him back in the summer and he'd do he'd be really good for next season. But um, yeah, I'd uh, I'd relay that question back onto you, uh, David. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, let's let's start with Leno. Um, I mean, he's a weird one, Leno, because he's he's good most of the time. Um, and if you consider our season as a whole, a mid-table club who's failed in Europe, he's decent enough for that level, without a doubt. Um, he, he's a decent keeper. 
Um, and I think upgrading on a keeper is not necessarily a priority at the moment. I think there's other areas where we need to adjust first. Um, there is, I think, if there is potential to upgrade, if there's a gap there where a potential keeper out there who we can upgrade on is is, is available, I, I think we should go for it. Um, you see the rumours about uh, Ajax's keeper, uh, Andre Onana, yeah. um, who I watched in the Champions League, uh, I think it's two years ago, uh, where he was fantastic. Um, if he can be uh, a better option or someone like that, I think it's probably worth upgrading on. Um, and and I, I think someone like Kim is rumoured to be under 20 million. I think there's something in his contract where the, the timing's not great for him. Um which means we could get him for, for, for a good price. Um, there is also rumours about Leno wanting to leave. Um, of course, there are rumours. We don't know how reliable they are. Um, but I think, long story short, if there is potential to upgrade on him, I think we should. However, if we were to keep him for next season, um, then I think, I think that we'll have to accept it for now. Um, one thing I did want to ask you, Sam, with Leno, obviously being a goalkeeper, can he be overplayed? Because it's a goalkeeper. Like for me, that's one position of the pitch where it's not impossible, but it's it's very hard to overplay a keeper because they're obviously they're, they're the movement and their effectiveness on the pitch is low, uh, and only needed in sort of short bursts. You know, obviously when they need to save, uh, etc. Um, I, I guess the overplayedness may cause. Um, errors I guess um, and it might mean that a rotational backup like Ryan playing means that he he doesn't get complacent um, but I, I'm not sure if you can overplay a keeper uh, but again I, I feel like having a backup can because, be a competition because we overplayed Leno like we played him in a league cup game and played him in a league game afterwards then played him in the Europa League and then the league game and then the Europa League and the league game I feel like what we need to do is kind of like lower it down a bit more I feel like that's where we've made it yeah. a huge issue if that makes sense I think, yeah, just to return on your point, having a backup keeper, someone like Ryan, um, it is good for a keeper. It keeps them on their toes, you know, just like any other position, I guess. Um, but yeah, really interesting to see what happens with our goalkeeper situation. I would like to say, though, as a side note, uh, Ryan has been very impressive when we needed him. I know it's only early days with him. Um, I know we haven't really seen too much. Um, but from what we saw at Brighton and from the short, games he's played for us he's been very reliable when, when needed so so full credit to Ryan I think he might be worth signing uh, especially as a backup and if he's happy to be a backup then then fantastic um, but yeah move, moving forward I think only accept if there's a, a better upgrade there for Leno otherwise he's, he's decent enough I think to, to stay with us for at least another season yeah, um, yeah I think moving on I, I forgot to put in my tweets um, about Bellerin um, obviously he's been here for was it just over eight years now? Um, he's been a good servant. He's been reliable most of the time, but he's got a lot of errors in him. Um, and he hasn't really lived up to his sort of 2015, 2016 form. Um, I don't remember in the Champions League versus Bayern Munich, he, uh, he really showed signs of being a potential world-class fullback. Um, and I think it's probably down to injuries that he hasn't fulfilled that potential. Um, I think now we're at a stagnant where... He might want a new challenge, um, and if he's not happy with with where we are as a club, if he wants a new, a new challenge on his side of things, then I think it's probably worth accepting. With him being twenty five years old, I think it's probably worth getting at least twenty million for him, but probably no more than than, than twenty eight, thirty. 
Um, so I think self self Bella really thin offer comes in, and then right back can be one of the one of the positions that we uh, invest in with uh, with Cedric as, 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 a, as a rotational. Um, Chambers, I think, is a good utility player. Um, obviously, he's very versatile in the fact that he can cover centre back, full back, um, and I think he's featured at, at centre mid a, a few times. Um, but again, with Chambers, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what his best position is, to be honest. Um, and I don't know if he's uh, good enough to really start regularly for a, a, a team who's aiming for top six, top seven. Um, so I, I think if an offer came in here, I'd probably sell Chambers as well. I know it's very a, a career mode esque approach, but this club needs changes. Um, and I know a lot of people will disagree on that because Chambers is a fan favourite. Um, I just think that unless he's happy being a utility player, covering where needed, I think it's probably worth accepting uh, maybe a 15 million plus uh, bid for him if, if one does come in. But again, same with Leno. He's a, he's a good player. Um, and I think good enough to move forward with. But I just don't know what his best position is. Um, and if he you know, wants to stay, stay at the club. Um, his injury rate is also not great. Um, so I guess that's something to consider if an offer was to come in for him. Um, Joe Willock, um, as people know who follow me on, on Twitter, they know I'm not his biggest fan. Um, he's a decent player. He, he's not an awful player. He's, he's a decent player. Um, I just think that there needs to be context with Willock. Um, Newcastle have given him a, a, almost like a free a free attacking role um, in, in, in Bruce's system. It's, it's usually as an impact sub um, when teams are tired. Um, and it's usually a, a cost almost in a number 10 role um, with obviously movement often running into sort of the, the, the centre-forward positions where he is picking up goals and full credit to him. He's taken the loan uh, by the scruff of the neck and he's performed. He's done very well at Newcastle. Um, I just don't know where Willock fits in Arteta's system. Um, and I say that because I think Arteta wants to, to proceed with a 4 2 3 And for me, Willock's not a traditional centre-mid. And he's not a traditional number ten. So where does he where does he fit in Arteta's plans? Where is he good enough to be a, a regular either one of those roles? I don't know if he is. Um, and I, I do think, unfortunately, Willock does come under the bracket of those players who um, we could get, you know, twenty million to thirty million for in the summer. Um, and with our board being so stubborn, we really need to sort of capitalise on these type of players who can help us reinvest in the squad where needed. Um, I just think if we played a different type of system, a different type of formation, Willock may be a good player to have. Um, but I just don't know in the current setup, in the current system, if it's if he's worth having. Um, I, I'm sure he'll be a good player long term. I just think there needs to be context at the moment with his current situation, um, and and accept 25 million to 30 million if if Newcastle want him or if a, a team like them uh, make an offer. Um, I think moving on to Reese Nelson. Um, now, I did a tweet a few weeks ago um, questioning why he wasn't sent out on loan in the summer last year. Yeah. Um, and there was rumours and, and feedback to suggest that he just didn't want to go. Um, now, if you're Mikel Arteta and, and Reese is saying to you, look, I, I want to stay at the club, I want to fight for my place, and, and you know as a manager there's not a realistic chance of you getting game time, yeah. This really needs to be emphasised to him that you need to go on loan. You're not going to get playing time here. 
um, especially with the addition of Willian, where there's uh, rumours of the contracted playing time in his, his contract, which means obviously there's less chance of, of Nelson playing. Um, but I, I guess in the summer, he, he, we need to send him on loan. Um, and as you mentioned there, Sam, about a potential Bundesliga move, um, I would prefer him to, to go to a Premier League club. Uh, and I say that because we've seen him in the Bundesliga. Um, I think he played on the wing uh, at Hoffenheim. Um, but also featured at, at centre forward in some some cases. Uh, that's definitely what I saw from the, from the highlight reel. Anyway, um, I would like to see him at a club like uh, Palace, somewhere where he can he can start regularly, um, contribute to the the attack uh, alongside uh, Eze Zaha, um, and is it Manteke they, they play up to? Um, you know, really forward thinking side who who, who attack, um, and somewhere where you can keep an eye on him and just monitor him for the next 12 months because he can't stay at Arsenal any, any longer especially with the confused competition of Pepe, Saka uh, Martinelli, even Aubameyang on the wing here so I think send him on loan uh, to somewhere like uh, Palace potentially even somewhere like Brighton uh, so we can watch him for the next 12 months um, but I mean I like Nelson, I just think he needs playing time now uh, and you know it, it, it's time to be sort of cutthroat especially in situations like this uh, and then finally on to Eddie Enketia. Um, I like Enketia. I think he's I think he's a good player. I just don't think he'll ever be a starter for a, for a club like Arsenal. I think he'll always be second, third, fourth choice. Um, and he's in that he's in this current phase where I think clubs would accept or would bid for you know a 25 billion uh, offer. Um, and I'm sure he'll do well elsewhere. His movement off the ball is very, very good. Um, I don't know how good he is um, technically, I have to admit. Every time I've seen him, it's been running onto the ball. It's been running into the final third. Um, so I think, again, a club like Brighton or Palace would, would be great for him. Um, and he would pick up goals there. It's just a club like Arsenal. I think moving forward, we need to be uh, a bit more cutthroat with the with the squad that we have um, in overall aim of, of getting back to where we belong, and that's in Europe. Fantastic, fantastic. It's a, it, Dave, it was a pleasure to have you on today. Massive pleasure. Um, thank you for coming on. And uh, that was everything for episode 18 of the Magic Ball from Berkham podcast. Massive thank you to you, David. Uh, you know, what you said is absolutely brilliant. You know, I've, I've enjoyed having you on and hopefully I can get you on again sometime. Again soon. No problem. Thanks, mate. Thank you. I'll see you all again soon. Make sure you're... For, uh, follow the podcast listen and subscribe and support the podcast i'll also be putting david's uh, twitter details in in the description so make sure you guys um will uh, f- follow him he's a very big account on twitter and everybody loves his opinions you know everybody this is one of the many reasons why i had you on today is because what you said was absolutely brilliant and i love the fact i love the fact that i managed to get you on today so it's been a it's a massive pleasure for me um so thank you sure, anytime thank you all for tuning in and goodbye